man, I heard, you heard, Carl heard, anyone who's gone through a secular program, you've heard uh, a direct assault on your identity. Yeah. Um, you've, you've been told that you are to identify as an addict or an alcoholic, and the devastation that comes from that, I don't have to talk about. We could just see. From March of last year to March of this year, 100,000 overdose deaths. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Do you believe in life after addiction? You better believe it. Now, the host of Life After Addiction. Ryan, it's on. Ryan, it's it's on. It's on. Man, it's about to start. Ryan, it's on. Sit down. Well, that was weird. What what I did, what were you doing? Dude, I didn't see the record button. It didn't look like it was working. You so never making sure. ever are going to need to touch the record button. Okay. I was so just making sure, dude. Please get away from the cameras. <laughs> that was interesting. Anyways, so today, welcome to Life After Addiction. This is episode 11. 11. Ooh. You just heard us talk last week about forgiveness uh, and the week before that about uh, relapse. And so today... Man, almost like the crescendo of Christ-centered addiction recovery ministry and the major difference in what we teach versus secular world is identity. That's right. And we want to tackle it. We want to talk about it. We want to dive in. And so, Ryan, today, let's, uh, let's talk. Lead us in with identity. All right. Uh, first... First, I have a story, but you look at some. you using big words like you're, crescendo, dude. I'm proud of you. Hey, That's hey. awesome, man. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, hey. You uh, got a story. But us. I have a story, man. It's called... Okay. It's about uh, time you contribute to you the know, podcast. Yeah, but, hey, um. I'm trying. I'm trying. It's called Where's My Carl, though, man. And it's a, it's, it's a running joke at the ministry right now. So it starts like this. So Carl goes in for his shift um, over at the cabin one day, right? And I believe this was a weekend, but that's that's irrelevant. How long and ago was this, just for context? It wasn't that long ago. Months, yeah, it was this year. Six months to a year. Something like that. It, it was within the year, Carl says. Um, so he goes to the cabin for his shift, and he ends up taking the ministry van with his guys from the cabin over to the lodge to hang out with our guys. Yeah. So he's there for maybe like an hour and realizes that his car is not there. So he starts freaking out, asking me, Miles, and, and everyone there where his car is. He's like, dude, I'm here, and my car is not, man. This doesn't make sense. <laughs> So at first he he accused Garrett of he thought Garrett stole his car or took his car for some reason. With him. So he's blowing Garrett's phone up and Garrett's not answering and he's saying the same thing, dude. Miles, where's my car? I'm here, but my car's not, dude. And Miles finally it got to a point of finally Miles is like, dude, you're on shift at the cabin. You drove your guys over in the ministry van, and that's how you're here and the car's not. So, Miles, you know how he's good with computers yeah. and, and making pictures and everything. I'm going to have Carl pop this picture up. Miles made a little p- a picture saying, dude, where's my car? Carl. And that's Carl. That's what he used to look like. But it's like the how perfect. How old were you? Were you 12 there? Yeah, like 12 years old. For real? He says 12. I don't know. He looks about 17 like right last there, year. Dude. Yeah. How did Miles get this picture? He is, I don't know. Miles is witty with this stuff, man. But he is the Photoshop king. Oh, man. Let's just look at that. Oh, wow. That is brilliant. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's epic, dude. So I just wanted to share that, dude. I thought that was hilarious, dude. just had the steering wheel. Yeah. With no car. <laughs> oh, so now, you guys, you all know what we're dealing with when yes. it comes to K to the Carl. 
No, we love him. That was awesome, and that's a memory we'll remember forever. Yeah. But, yeah, lead it. <laughs> that's a good one, dude. He's so he's so fun to There's just. There's a lot of peace, dude, after I realized, though. Oh, yeah, after he. Oh. He said, yeah. he said there's a lot of peace that came after oh, he realized. I'm responsible for all 15 of these men that I drove over here in the ministry van <laughs> that I forgot about that I thought I drove myself in my own car over here. Okay. Yeah. Also integrated integrated about three of our students. It's just like, <laughs> you did it. You can't handle the truth. Yeah. Where'd you hide the car? Yeah, because then he was questioning <laughs> if some SR stole it at one point and it's like. Called the FBI. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was good times. So. I need to report a missing vehicle. Yeah. Oh, buddy. That was good. Good times. We love you, Carl. Real man. good times. You do great work, man. We're thankful for you. Dude, where's my car? Dude, where's my car? Dude, where's my car? Is a, awesome. is a catchphrase, come, though. How come Chitty gets all these little cool little bloopity bloops? By the way, you better add a bloopity there bloop or go. whatever I'm doing right there. Just make it like a <laughs> rainbow or a lightning bolt or something. But he gets all of them, and I don't get any. So I just got some. That's right. And another. Throw one for me, dude. No, stop. It's my turn. Let me end it with a... (laughs) He's going to have his way with that. That's a lot of editing for Carl. Sorry, Carl. You asked for it. (laughs) He said that's going to take two days. All right. We're not going to put any other editing on him. two studio days for Carl. (laughs) Yeah. But let's... That really uh, is hard work to add that stuff to make it look good. Let's hop into this identity, man, because it's crucial, man. It's crucial to know who you are. And whose you are. And once I yeah. discovered that, man, my walk um, was able to to really find a place that it had never been before. You know, for so many years, my identity was in the things of this world. And, you know, even before coming here, you know, I never really necessarily thought what like, what is my identity? Mm, you know, yeah. it's not really what you think about, you know, what, yeah, it's what not a weird, not a weird. Like, it's not like a. a front of the brain thought where it's like i want to think about my identity. right because yeah. the ways of the world you just get caught up in those and that's the ways you don't really right. see any identity outside of that but you know for me predominantly I, I realized once i got here it was women in sports and you know how i performed in these areas was essentially my worth as a person so if i liked a girl and she liked me back and we were doing well and dating or whatever cool i'm doing awesome i'm amazing i'm worth something um i, I have a meaningful life and then the second that we got in a fight or we broke up no longer was i worthy no longer was i valuable and so sports was a big one for you same thing with sports you know if i had a good game i was excelling i was playing good then man i felt on top of the world i felt good i felt worth something and then vice versa if i didn't play good and i was struggling or like i broke my hand senior year and uh decided not to play college bar or whatever i was lost and it really hit me especially once i i got done with high school because up to that point you know it was women in sports, predominantly sports. And I didn't realize the significance of that had on my life. You know, I lost sports and then now it's like, okay, what do I do? Where do I go from here? Um, and so I, I really was lost for some years. I never could put, pinpoint what I wanted to graduate college with or what I wanted to go to school for. It was nothing but sports up to that point. And so I came to a crossroads where, man, You know, I followed the ways of the world and that led me down a dark path of nothingness for many years. Um, And it wasn't until I came here um, whenever I discovered who I was in Christ. And I want to read my first verse. So this was within, I would say, two weeks of me being at the lodge. You know, Um, I came across this verse and it's Genesis 127. And it says, so God created mankind in his own image, in the image of God, he created them male and female. 
So I thought to myself, you know, you know, we, you hear we're created in Imago Dei, the image of God, and that we're image bearers of God. Um, what that told me during that season of my life was like, okay, if I'm created in God's image, then that means I was created for a personal relationship with him. And that is something that he desired. And then, you know, I started to think about everything else in all of creation and all of the cosmos, right? It's good because God created them, but nothing else in all of the universe, right? Bears the image of God or was created in his image. So therefore, man, I have, I realized I had this innate, um, appreciation and love and worth found in Christ that, Hey, okay. Regardless of my struggles and my past and my sin and my mistakes, man, God thought it was worthwhile to create me. And not only that to, you know, die on the cross for our sins, right. For the forgiveness of our sins. Right. Um, Man, that meant something to me that finally started to like, because you hear that though, but to personalize that, right. And to really like personalize that story to like me, you know, it's easier sometimes to believe that for others, but like me, like, you know, me though, you know, things I've done, you know, things I've been through. So to personalize that story, that verse really did it for me, you know, and I was able to see that, man, I'm not defined by my past or my failures or my mistakes, man. I am created in the image of God. I was created for a personal relationship with him. um, And therefore I want to seek that wholeheartedly, you know? Yeah. And that, that just one of the lines in the forgotten pandemic documentary, the forgotten pandemic.com. Go check it out. You say that you say, I'm defined by the name of Jesus and in Christ, I'm a new creation and I take heart in that. Yeah. So I have a confession and I've tried to play it cool, but that doTERRA, um, doTERRA essential oil lotion is the real deal. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, they have some essential oil stuff sitting on the uh, table in there forever, and I guess no one had it. So I saw it. I have like a sore neck, and it's called like a deep rub for soreness. And so I put some right before we started on my neck. I'm like, oh, what is that? I thought they knew, but they didn't even know what it was, and I acted like I did. My wife did some essential oil stuff. Well, this turns out, I put it on my neck, turns out it has some like Bengay slash Icy Hot type qualities, <laughs> and my left eye is twitching from He's, the fumes. He it's smells pretty- like a Victoria's <laughs> Secret model right now as well. <laughs> my neck feels amazing, but my eye is twitching from the fumes, and I don't know what to do with my hands. So there's that. Here, let's get a plug here. Hey, sponsor the pod. There you go. Dutera, Deep Blue Rub. That's uh, It actually feels good, but yeah, I just had to say something in case you just saw me. i'm trying to look and pay attention but it's going back to the show after a brief word from our sponsor doTERRA deep rub lotion um so yeah i mean identity it it is just the root i mean the sole thing that i've been told for many years man going through this we'll just kind of brass tax it break it down because we could get pretty freud with this pretty in-depth psychologically and we might but just to foundationally talk about it Man, I heard, you heard, Carl heard, anyone who's gone through a secular program, you've heard uh, a direct assault on your identity. Yeah. Um, you've, you've been told that you are to identify as an addict or an alcoholic, and the devastation that comes from that, I don't have to talk about. We could just see. From March of last year to March of this year, 100,000 overdose deaths. Yeah. What? Wait, 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 what are you talking about, Adam? That's different data. You just came out and said that there was a 30% jump. Remember when we talked about that? No, this came out since then. 
That 30% jump was for 2020, and that was 93,000 people. They did one from March of 2020 to March of 2021, over 100,000 drug overdose deaths. That doesn't include alcohol. That doesn't include the devastation from porn. That doesn't include all of that. Mm. So we see that this problem's getting worse, not better, right? We also see that the mainstream way to fix this is for your identity to be entwined in it. Now, the message is, is so you can... I think someone going through this program says, no, we identify with that so we never forget it, yeah. right? That's, I think, the—and I understand that. But that, that is the most absurd and insulting thing you can say to me. You think I'm going to forget? Yeah. I'm not—I'm not, I will never forget. We just talked about forgiveness yeah. and forgiving ourselves last episode. Go check that out, episode 9, 10. Episode 10, Life After Addiction. This is the plug show. We're going to talk about the hoodies here in a minute. That's right. Come on. I mean, the t-shirts here in a minute. We just, and so we just talked about forgiveness. And so if that whole model is based on intertwining or you're forgetting, man, that is from the pits of hell. And we see the problems getting worse. Whereas the economy of God and his word and the way he deals with things, he has a different version of your identity. And it's not about the things that you've done. It's not about that. It's about you are who he says you are who he says he is, mm-hmm. and who he says you are in him. That's right. And let me just read. I have Galatians 2.20, and I'm going to dive right in here. This is one just on identity that's you know pretty popular, but it says this, and I'm going to break it down for you. It says this, I have been crucified with Christ. I've been, I'm, I've been made dead. I've been crucified. I've been placed on the cross with Christ. Mm. It is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Man, I'm gonna, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And here's my fear, loved ones, friends, family, addiction world watching this, recovery world watching this. We're not trying to start fights with the secular world, but we have to call out insanity. And what the Word of God says, and that is the absolute standard of truth. That is what we live, stand, die on, die for. That's one of our non-negotiables at S2L is the Word of God. And what it just said is, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. In the flesh, what I'm doing now, I'm living for God by faith. I imagine when I meet God or if God were sitting in this room or at a meeting and I was like, hey, and I've been born again and he saved me, he redeemed me, he died for me, all of these things, and I'm standing up, hey, I'm Adam, I'm an addict. I can imagine him just being like, you've been crucified with Christ. You don't live anymore. You live for me. I say that you are free indeed. I call you a saint in my word. Mm. How dare you say anything different? Come on. And man, what a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Even just removing religion, removing scripture, removing the idea of faith. Basic psychology says identity is important. If you call, we've talked about this. If you call a little girl ugly her whole life, she grows up and thinks she's ugly. Yeah. So just, it's fundamentally, oh boy, I don't know how much time we've been going about. And we haven't even gotten to, we're halfway through. We're good. This is a big issue, man. This is a big issue. And it's fundamentally what's wrong with the, one of the reasons that's wrong with the secular way of recovery and why this nation is going worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and not declining in these deaths and declining in these in this addiction it's because people don't know who they are yeah 
and they're they're running to something that's a lie to fix and find out and fill the void of who they are yeah. you know oh man that's so true and you use the word an assault on our identity yeah. and it's so true and i'm just going to kind of piggyback off some things that you said i remember going to another program uh prior to coming to s2l and i, I had couple of drug related alcohol tickets throughout my childhood growing up, you know what I mean? And I would have to go to those meetings and man, you want to talk about hopeless. If you tell somebody that that's who they are and that's what they are and the best life you can have is just a life of remission, but you'll always need to have at the forefront of your mind not to use or get high or drink but you know that's a possibility because that's who you are but don't do it but always think about it but don't do it but if you're gonna do it call somebody then maybe you won't just this whole revolving cycle and I literally remember thinking to myself like there is nothing about this that will ever keep me sober but you're so desperate that you're like clinging to something and if the world is pushing this agenda so hard you gotta believe there's some truth to it or maybe there is something it's the that only w- thing we know to get it's the only right. thing available i mean unless you really especially for someone who hadn't grown up in the church or had right had family members who love the lord that's all you know yep and you feel like that's got to be the solution that's yeah, because man. that's the agenda that's pushed, you know, um, and then I came across a verse, you know, like Romans six, six through seven. Um, and it says, we know we know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin for one who has died has been set free from sin. Now, what that doesn't mean is that I won't ever sin again. Right. Right. But praise God for the convictions of the Lord. I will no longer dwell in sin. I can't man with the Holy spirit that lives in me. I can't, I fell, I I fell short. I I fell flat on my face, leaving here a couple times, but praise God for convictions because I knew my identity because I knew the, the, the word and the truths and promises of God. And that root had taken plant in my heart. Man, the enemy couldn't convince me I was stuck in trap. And that's really what changed everything for me is an identity thing. I knew I had been forgiven and I knew my identity was in Christ and in Christ alone. You know, the other places would tell me that, man, now you got to take your game piece and go back to level one. And then hopefully you can get back to level 100, but you may not. And if you don't, then you got to go back to level. And it's this whole game. And it's like, man, there's no life. There's no hope. There's no forgiveness. There's no savior. There's no grace associated with that other way. Yeah, that's a good point. Like two weeks ago when you were talking about when we were talking about relapse, you brought up the game board Mm -hmm. example. Yeah. And that just shows the silly flaw of this modality. And he, he, what Ryan said was, is man, it's almost like the, I think you used Candyland yeah. as an example. It's almost like Candyland. And man, if it takes me 15 years or yeah. a year to Absolutely. get to this spot on this board and all of a sudden I hit that whatever and I have to go all the way back to the start of a relapse, a white chip and that modality. It's like, man, I could look and that took me a year or 15 years or six months. I can never get back there no, again. Never. And it's hopeless. How insane is this? And I think, and you said that there, there's freedom that you were set free from it, uh, from the power of, from sin. Mm-hmm. And here is the three P's. It's it's the power, it's the penalty, and it's the presence. Mm. So right now we can experience that freedom from the power of sin. Yeah, we can experience freedom from that. It doesn't have the hooks in me is not what it used to be for certain things, mm-hmm. right? And I pray and we pray that God. That's sanctification. 
make make the enemy change his ammo, right? Yeah. Uh, the penalty, man, if you are in Christ, the penalty of sin is no longer over your head. Amen. It's been washed clean. And then one day when we see our Savior, well done, good and faithful servant, the very presence of sin will be gone. Yeah. And so we've been set free from the things until that day comes. Man, we're obedient. We walk in who he says he is. We have faith. And we walk in obedience of the identity that he has laid before us, that we have been crucified with him, mm. and it's not our lives anymore, mm. right? How much does that change everything? It does. It changes everything. And, and I, would, I would encourage um, everyone listening or watching this, you know, it, it's not a knowledge here, right? But it's, 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 it's here. It's like knowing. It's one thing to know, because I used to know what Scripture said. Mm. But to know it here and to really walk as such Man, it changed everything for me. So I just want to give a, a few more scriptures for you guys on your own time yeah. um, to go and read because Watch identity this. is so important. So check Watch out this right here. Go ahead. First Peter two nine, mm. uh, John one twelve, mm. Ephesians two ten, right there, Philippians three twenty. There it is. Romans eight thirty seven. Psalm one thirty nine fourteen. You know this is who we are in. Christ. Yeah. And that does not change. My position in Christ does not change due to, you know, my, my actions, like I was saying earlier, my failures or my flaws or my insecurities, you know, um, that's huge, man. It is. It's so big because identity changed everything for me and still does to this day. That's what keeps me on the path that I'm on, man. I have my days of doubt. I have my days of frustration, my days of anger, my days of shame and guilt, but I don't dwell in those places anymore. Yeah. And that's because I know who I am in Christ. It's the same thing. <clears throat> I want to say it was three weeks ago. So last week we talked about forgiveness, the week before relapse, and then yeah. the week before that, Thanksgiving. Yeah. And we talked about in that episode about being thankful. It changes your perspective. Did you hear the the yeah that the was awesome Harley rally that just went by? <laughs> <in the background? laughs> it changes you. if the mindset that you have in, in a spirit of thanksgiving. It changes your perspective. We said it's the same thing here, man. Both sides of this. Yeah, what your identity is in, what you believe your identity is, it changes your perspective. If you're an addict or an alcoholic, and you proclaim that. And you go to the meetings that you feel are your savior, and you stand up before you're allowed to speak at this meeting. You identify with that. Man, that changes your perspective. On the contrary, if if you are a new creation in Christ, if you have been crucified with Christ, that changes your perspective. All the things that you're saying just now, it's like, wait a minute. I am made in the Imago Dei, in the Imago Dei, in the image of God. What does that mean? Well, I'm made... In his image, the one that's breathed all things into existence, mm -hmm. right? Oh, I think I say this. I, think, I might have heard it, but it's just my mantra now. It's what I say when I wake up, just trying to... It reminds me of the sovereignty of God. It's from nothing, burst forth everything, because he spoke. Mm. That God, that being, that power made us in his image. Knowing that, believing that changes my perspective. Amen. It has to. Amen. Right? It's so much so. Get this. And I don't have the scripture, <clears throat> but you can go and look. We are the only of all creation that is that, right? Not trees, not birds, not dogs, not grass, not squirrels, not beautiful sunsets, not beautiful oceans. Us, human beings, are made in the image of God, not even angels. Mm. When my loved one dies, he does not, she does not become an angel, mm. right? And you kind of see that, oh, they've got their wings. Yeah. That's bad theology. We are so much more than that. Right. The Bible says that we will judge angels. Mm. 
and not like dun, 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 right. guilty rule over angels. The Bible says that angels look curiously of all God's creation. Like, what are they doing? Wow. God gave, wow. Look at what we are so much more than angels. Yeah. And if that identity is in there, how much different is our perspective going to be? Not even just dealing with addiction, man. Addiction's a puppet on a string drawing me closer to God's what it did. But life as a believer, if you're watching this, whether you've never smoked a cigarette before in your life or whatever, you need this message. Your identity is in Christ. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me, man. Man, I get fired up about this. I know, and it, it's so important, you know. What, what's something, because I was thinking back to that, and it just sparked a question, like what is something that you would encourage somebody who struggles with that identity? Like maybe they kind of know some scriptures here and there, but they still struggle with like why can't I just walk in who God says I am? Because I even see it with guys in our program, and I used to be one of those guys. Like I knew what the scripture said. I knew what, you know, Christ had done for me, but I'm still still struggling maybe to personalize yeah. that and feel like it's really me that the Bible is talking about. Yeah, that's good. I mean, first I would just tell them, go out, get some doTERRA deep blue rub. Come on. Put it on the back of your neck and fire <laughs> will happen. <laughs> you still feeling it? <laughs> yeah. It's pretty good. I'm overreacting. I'm being a little comedic relief for this, but I feel it. Yeah. And it was twitching my eyeball for a minute, but it actually feels good. And it's not aching right now. Sponsor the pod. Man, I th- that's a good question, and I think I think it rolls back to the last few episodes. And so, yeah. if you're asking me, man, that's not me. That's not me. Have, Very good have, point. Have you have you prayed about forgiveness? Are you being an idol mm. of yourself? Are you more important than God is? Yeah. Last week we talked about with my own personal thing about not forgiving myself, and it wasn't a pride thing that I thought. It was, I guess, maybe a loathing thing. I just knew the wickedness, and God revealed, "Hey, Adam, I've forgiven you. I'm the King of Kings." You don't forgive yourself. Mm. Word. That's strong. And so I, I would probably check their heart there. Ask yeah. them, hey, you know, are, are you playing God again? Are you being an idol again? Which is the enemy and your own flesh reverse, reverse psychology because it's not pride. It doesn't feel prideful. In fact, it's very shame filled, but it's still pride and it's still idolatry because you are now placing yourself above God and anything above God is idolatry. So I'd ask that. Secondly, man, I would just, if, if they're a new believer, it depends on kind of where if they're going through depression, they've been, a, you know, something like that. Yeah. But if it's a new believer, man, I'd really want to walk them through some scripture. I'd really want to walk them through John and really want to, the love book, right? And understanding that moment, like we've talked about in previous episodes, like with my buddy Brett and the baseball thing and um, seeing that undeserved grace. It, 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 the answer's right, right? And I think Matt Chandler says this, and I've said this before. When you have that glimpse of I'm a fraud or whatever it is, right? I, I'm not worthy or that's not that's not for me. The answer is amen. That's good. I love how you say that. Yeah. The answer is you are a fraud, Yeah. right? That's the whole point of the cross of Christ. That's the point of the gospel. You can't. He did. And so rest in that it has nothing to do with you. It's this free gift. And we're, we're man, we're rolling along. We're mid-December now. And this free gift, we're celebrating the birth of a Savior in just a week or so. Allow this season to be different than anything else. Allow mm. the season to shape your identity as we sing glory, hallelujah, or jingle bells. I don't think we'll sing jingle, mm. maybe jingle, but, but when we sing these songs of a yeah. Savior, oh, come all you faithful, yeah. the life point just put out. If we sing these songs, understanding the words, or even if they're old hymns and you just know them by heart, think about the words. Yeah, like, oh, come all you faithful, glorious. You're just worshiping God. 
allow that to shape your identity. So, I mean, that's a long answer, but that's, no, I would that's, probably go different routes there. That's absolutely amazing and clear and precise. And, you know, last bit of encouragement I would, I would give you guys, you know, was just, you are beautifully and wonderfully made Amen. is what the Bible says. The Bible tells you that you are a citizen of heaven, right? The Bible says that you are forgiven, redeemed and renewed and that you are a new creation in Christ. And so, man, know these things. Let that penetrate your heart. Personalize those things. Be praying over those verses. God, I know what your word says, but reveal this to me. Make this personal to me and walk in that truth. Yeah, man, that's good. This is we could probably I mean, the time's up. Yeah, and, no, and this it went is by super by. Quick. My neck's yeah. on fire. I'm, I'm, I'm fired up. I mean, we could probably go an hour on this podcast, but man, we want to keep you coming back. Um, uh, we don't want to lose you guys. And I don't think that we're in danger of that because we're passionate about this, but we definitely want to encourage you to go do more research. Those, those scriptures, you know, you have a week until the next one or whatever, not that, you know, but you have a list of scriptures and things that Ryan just read off the ones I did go and study those, man, really understand man or woman, go and stand, understand, what we're saying, and if what we're saying is true, everything changes. Amen. Like your whole life, not just addiction, like I said. Really study this. Really try to understand this Christmas season, your identity in Christ. And I want to say that Christmas 2021, will change. You it will change your life forever. And we don't say this, and I'm closing with this, sorry. Yeah, you're good. But we, we're not so passionate about this, about this identity, and we say these sharp things about this 12, like the secular world and why this is so important. One, we say these because we absolutely believe them, and like I said, we believe in the Word of God, and it's the absolute standard of truth. But really, honestly, another reason is we've tasted it. Yep. Like we're not selling you a bill of goods here. We've tasted this freedom. We've tasted this identity shift and everything changed. So we speak with so much passion because it's real, yeah. not just real to me. It's my truth. It's your truth is yours. No, this is real. So much so is that we, God's called us to lead other men and women to it. So that's why we're passionate about it, that we stand on the word of God, but we've tasted this freedom and our identity is in Christ and Christ alone. Let's end it with this. The quote, the thing that you said in the documentary I'm I'm defined by the name of Jesus. Mm. And then close us out. I just, mm, I like it. In Christ, I am a new creation, and I take heart in that, and you guys should too. Amen. That's life after addiction. You gotta believe it. Come on. Life after Addiction is a production of S2L Recovery. If you have any questions you'd like answered on the podcast, email them to info at springtolife.net. That's info at spring, the number two, life.net. And for more information on addiction recovery, visit s2lrecovery.org. A powerful prayer life does not require hiking a mountain to be able to hear from God. God can meet us right in the middle of our busy lives to help, guide, and speak to us through prayer. I'm Christina Patterson, host of the Teach Us to Pray podcast, providing practical teaching and encouragement on how you can make prayer a natural and consistent part of your everyday life. I promise it won't require hiking a mountain, but you just might develop the faith to move one. Listen and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.